They did it. They actually did it. <laughs> Reacting to day one of the 2023 NFL draft, what the Houston Texans got, CJ Stroud and Will Anderson. I'm ready to work. I know, and I, to be honest with you, I don't believe in pressure. I think you either do it or you don't. So I'm really going to work hard and work my tail off to make sure it gets done. And, man, I'm just excited, man. I don't, and to be honest, man, I, I really think what they got in the locker room is already special. We just need a couple more pieces, and we're going we're gonna to take it on. We're going to make sure that we win a lot of football games, and I know I'm going to be the, the forefront of that. I'm going to make sure that I that rep H-Town the right way. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to a Friday episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. Ever dreamed of becoming an NFL general manager and managing your own football franchise? Then this game is definitely for you. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo code locked on in all caps in the game store. I'm John, some sports guy. Some hmm. notion Thomas guy here, of course. I'm joined by none other than Cody Davis, the evangelist, the evangelist, <laughs> sports <laughs> illustrator's own, of course, beat writer for the Houston Rockets and Houston Texans, which is why you guys are here, ladies and gentlemen. They did it, they did with the number two overall pick, and with the number three overall pick, the Houston Texans selected CJ Stroud, their new franchise quarterback. And giving up the number 12, number 33 of this year's draft and a first year for next year that didn't matter for Houston. Making sure they got a defensive player to enhance the swarm defense that D'Amico Ryans is putting together here in H-Town. They traded up for Will Anderson with the Arizona Cardinals. Kurt, I think it's important just to give our first natural reaction to the trade like we got all all week got all week to talk about what this actually means we'll get into that a little bit for this show but we got to finish off the draft but on thursday we talked about we had a simple conversation mm-hmm. final thoughts before the draft we made some good points and cody one thing that i said was just don't be afraid to make the tough decisions that can alter your franchise for the future this is why you brought in D'Amico Ryans. And this is why, honestly, I believe the McNairs kept Casario around, right? Mm-hmm. He is a guy that they trust. The whole talk of him being fired, you know, he came out and cleared that up. The source behind the scenes told me that he wasn't going anywhere as of right now. But don't be afraid to risk it off for a high-risk, high-reward type of move. Mm. And that is what happened on Thursday. As we saw C.J. Stroud get drafted number two overall, I'm getting ready to do a locked on uh, the locked on NFL draft hit for the national show, and my phone starts to blow up, and my phone is blowing up, and then I see the Houston Texans just trade up for the number three overall pick, and I knew what it was. They got what both sides of the ball desperately needed: a quarterback and a edge rusher. Talked about well, not Demico Ryan's. Will Anderson talked about some of the special things that he believes. Uh, Will and Nick, not Nick Casario, excuse me, 
D'Amico Ryans will do for him defensively. The guy, CJ, Cody, what is your first thoughts? <laughs> what are your first thoughts about this, you know, Thursday's draft? Happy, happy, excited, surprised, and everything else in Never between. Made it. <laughs> like, like, first and foremost, guys, I want to just give kudos to Nick Asirio, his scouting department, D'Amico Ryans, and the McNairs. Because, John, as you alluded to, you and I, that was probably a the calmest and b a, just a simple conversation you and i had on this podcast on yesterday and one of the things that i that i said was the fact that this is an opportunity for you to set yourself up for the future rather that be for the next five years whether it be for the for for, for the next decade or whatever the case might be like the houston texans were in prime position to set themselves up for the future, especially when you take a look at how bad the last three years has been for this organization. And for those of you to get a true sense on how rare this move was for the Houston Texans, this goes beyond them trading up to get to Sean Watson back in 2017, um, you know, which I consider at the time they bowled this move until now. What they did on yesterday marked only the third time in the common draft history that a team had back-to-back selections that picked two and traded up and got three, three times. The first one came, John, when we was established in 1992 with the Detroit Lions. Then the last time it happened was in 2000 with the Washington Commanders. We already know what their name was back then. And John, once again, I just love the boldness. I just loved everything. You know, one thing, that everyone has been talking about when you when you talk about the Texans' ability to build a roster. It didn't matter if it was when they was going through a rebuild. It didn't matter when they had D-Hop or, or Deshaun. It didn't matter when you had J.J. in their prom, Andre Johnson in the prom. The one thing that a lot of people always criticized the Houston Texans for was just being conservative, being scared to take the risk, being scared to take the move, being scared to add this head coach, being scared to go after this player because he don't quote-unquote, fit your culture or whatever the case might be. This is the first time that you can honestly say that the Houston Texans went out on a limb and said, you know what? We are tired of being at the bottom of the barrel. We are ready to finally get this train moving. And we don't want to just replicate the success that we had in the 2010s or the, or the late 2000s. We want to be better than that. And when I take a look at both of these foundational pieces and Will Anderson and C.J. Stroud, John, I don't think what took place on yesterday for the Houston Texans could have went any better, especially right. once again, when you consider all of the stuff that has transpired over the last three years. I do want to mention this, of course, at the end of the night, by the way, Nick Casario talked to us a hell of a lot earlier than he did last year. But once again, man, Nick Casario is a change man. And I can't wait to see what the future has in store for him. Because like I mentioned, Ever since the firing of Lovey Smith, it's no longer I or what I think is best for the organization. It's all about we, me and D'Amico Ryans, me and my staff, me and ownership, me and this person, we, this, like those adjectives are truly important because when you go back and you think about the adjective that he was using in the first year, his second year, especially in the second year when it was he and he and I and he, but now it just seems like everyone that's, has a responsibility to build and construct this organization from top to bottom, whether that be in the coaching staff, 
whether that be the, the players on the field or whatever the case might be, everybody is on one accord. And that is definitely what this franchise was lacking over the past couple of seasons. Yeah, absolutely. And not only are they moving away from chasing their own pass as a franchise, but last night and throughout free agency, they got away from chasing the modes of another franchise. Right. And, and I think that we know that I'm mentioning the uh, I'm alluding to the Patriots, but throughout the entire draft season, in a sense, especially the last two to three weeks, the Trey Lance talks or, you know, mm. what they can do with a trading back for another quarterback and not getting the top prospects. It started to seem like the 49ers you know, way of building a, a roster. And so what I liked from, about last night was that didn't see seem like a Patriot, I mean, Patriot move or a 49er move. That came off to me as the Texans finally <laughs> in 20 some odd years, especially in the last couple of years. 21. And you do something for me. And that's what they did. They did something for y'all. They went out there and made their own decisions as a you know, well-informed nucleus. And, Cody, just like you put it, it is a we thing. It is not a me thing. It is the the McNairs being much more active than probably since the late owner, Bob McNair, who was an mm -hmm. active owner and CEO, right? Um, it, it is Kyle. It is Hannah. It is D'Amico. It is, it is Nick Casario. It is them as a whole coming together and saying, what can we do to get exactly what we need? Flexibility. How many times have we heard that? A lot. <laughs> Optionality. How many times have we heard that? Too much. How many times have you guys came on this show and before we kick off the show, you hear, I'm going to play it for you. And to tie it all in, we want to develop a great team here that we can deliver wins to the city of Houston. We want to deliver a championship here to the city of Houston, and that's what, it, that's what it'll be about. How many times have you guys heard that? They went out there, they are developing a great team, <laughs> but that's how they're doing it, by making decisions, maybe tougher decisions than what they've made in the past, but smarter decisions, bolder decisions to make this franchise relevant and competitive. They got their quarterback, ladies and gentlemen. Mm -hmm. They got their edge mm -hmm. rusher. And mm -hmm. regardless of how you feel about the amount of picks that were given up, I, I'm going to tell you this right now, those picks don't mean nothing and won't mean nothing when the Texans are winning games, when the Texans have a quarterback not named Davis Mills, when the Texans have an edge rusher on the field, consistently on the field, when the Texans have a strong nucleus of players like they've been able to grab in the last two drafts. Listen, and they gave up uh, Cleveland's next first-round pick. And I don't know how you guys feel about Cleveland. I think Deshaun Watson bounced back this year, but I don't know about that team. So – they did a great thing last night. My reaction, like we, if we were to record this last night, you guys, I would have been out of breath. But <laughs> they did exactly what they had to do in this year's draft in the first round. Go get your quarterback. Go get your edge rusher. And I think this is the sun on the horizon for this franchise. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. You've heard us talk a lot about the mobile app game here on the Locked on Texan podcast. And if you've ever thought about becoming a general manager, if you want to be a good GM, if you want to know what it takes, you got to give this game a try. It is not as easy as you think to make trades like Nick Casario and be a general manager. 
and create a dynasty. You hire the right coaches and coordinators. You manage all of the finances, including negotiating player salaries and terms. You navigate your franchise through free agency, the draft, injuries, player personnel, all of those issues, all of the ups and downs of a season in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free and playable offline. Play on the go as you want when you want to. Our Locked On Texan listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo code Locked On in all caps in the game store. That's Locked On in all caps in the game store. So make sure you check it out today. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. I was sitting, I mean, I just got, got picked. So I was already juiced up. And I would turn around. I'm like, hold on, let's say the Texans is up. And I was like, whoa. I was like, man, there's no way. Like, I had a feeling like, like right when I got drafted, I was like, man, they, they gonna have to go get Will or something <laughs> like that. Like something gonna have to shake. And so when I found out that it was Will getting picked, man, I was just super stoked, super happy for him. Man, we were just with each other about two weeks ago in Texas. And we just kind of was building a bond and, and connection, man. I uh, mean, I'm very excited for this to be my teammate, but yeah, the the trade was actually kind of surprising, but it was dope. Yeah, it was surprising for me too. You know, I'm just in the green room, you know, waiting and waiting. I finally get the call. I was like, yeah, I'm going to be teammates with CJ. And like, I was like, that's my guy. Like, like you said, like we had been building this bond. It's crazy. Just like, I just feel like God be doing things for a reason. Like we just been building this bond. We had this same like deal together with overtime where we just got to connect and, you know, learn about each other. And now we finna be teammates. So it's so much easier to go into, you know, something and know, how a person works and how his mindset is. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this Friday installment of Locked On Texans. And I think I could go on the limb and say this is this might be the happiest day on Locked On Texans podcast history. And we need it. Fans, listeners, viewers, you need it. The there's been several it. times we have been on this podcast and we like, what in the hell is going on? But it's a new day. And before I start talking about the draft, John, I want to give you kudos because – whether it was on this podcast, on Twitter, phone conversations you and I had off air, you kept saying that you believe that the Houston Texans had a surprise for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> so on top of that, guys, we, we would come on this show for the past week and a half, two weeks, and we would talk about the, the Tyree Wilson at number two, the, mm. the Will Levis at number two, who's still in the green room. We would talk about all of the rumors surrounding the Houston Texans in this draft. While the eyes, the national media came up with all of these crazy scenarios, <laughs> Cody will come on this show and say, guys, this is poker face. This is poker face. And that's why y'all need to listen to the Lockdown Texan podcast <laughs> and all of the local media, right? Like we were seeing mm-hmm. crazy outside scenarios. And Cody and myself, we had a show a few weeks ago. I can't remember exactly which show, but this is from a inside source in the NRG stadium. The rumors are making us laugh. Remember I came on the show and said that. that. (laughs) So it's important to actually listen and tune in to the local guys, even if you don't like them, because I would say that Cody, who's been around the NRG franchise, the Texas franchise for the past couple of seasons, has a little bit more of an inside know and what's going on for the Rockets and the Texans then the craziness of the national media who gets paid to, you know, push narratives and, and create these, you know, crazy stories and rumors. Like Will Levis at, at number two was never going to be a thing. And if you've been listening to the Locked on Texan podcast, 
shout out to our everydayers. I want you to really think about the very first time I told you guys CJ Stroud would be a Texan. <laughs> it's been a very long time, right? Dating back to the end of last season that the Houston Texans liked CJ Stroud. It's always been there. Well, you got your quarterback. You, go. you got your quarterback, and you got your airs rusher. And um, you know what the Texans did on yesterday caught everybody by surprise because it didn't matter if it was CJ, it didn't matter if it was Will Anderson. A lot of the local media, you know, was like, okay, both of these guys were at the top of the Texans draft board. And I remember it seems like you know during the whole will Nick Serio leave, will he stay or whatever the case might be, it was like, okay, we will probably get our answer with who they're going to take at the number two overall pick. Thankfully, they end up getting both guys. Nick Serio said on yesterday, we had an opportunity to speak to him after the first round of the draft. As a matter of fact, it was like halfway through the first round of the draft. That's when he was like, you know what, we done for the day. Uh, but Nick Serio told us that the plan was to always draft at number two. He didn't say which prospect that they was going to take at number two. He said the plan was to always draft at number two. But pick number 12 was always up on the auction block for a trade. And he said throughout the entire day, they spoke to several different teams about moving back into the top 10. And the main team that they have, have been talking to was the Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> And what I love most about Nick Casario, he gave us, us a, I think this might have been my favorite Nick Casario moment because he kind of led us inside the war room a little bit because he said, wow, right, right after they made the pick for CJ, they immediately got on the phone with Arizona. And Arizona was on the clock. And he said that Arizona and the Texans were trying to put the finishing touches on the compensation for this trade in order to get it done. And he said, you know, when, when you make a trade, of course you got to agree to all the terms and everything. You got to send it, make a phone to the league office. And then the league office got to approve it. It's just a lot of stuff that got to get, get done. He said that they was on the phone with the Arizona Cardinals and everything got done with at least a minute and a half left on the draft clock. And he said that, multiple people were on the phone in the room with whether it was the Arizona Cardinal people, whether it was the league office people, whether it was Will Anderson people. He said it was just, he just described it as a scene to where it was like, dang, the Houston Texans really pulled this off and they really went out on the limb. And, you know, once again, kudos to this organization to go out there and make that deal. And once again, this wasn't just a me move or an I move. He described this as we all did this together type of move. Everybody was involved. And when you hear that kind of stuff, like I mentioned in the first segment, that just lets you know that everybody is on one accord. If everybody's on one accord, then this franchise is finally in good hands. A lot, you know, um, conversations were great. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the people in the building were great. Um, I can't speak. I can't like speak enough good things about them. Um, I had a really great visit with them, um, but like I said, I'm just super blessed, super excited to be a part of something so special and a part of a lot of great defensive minds and that just share the same mindset mentality. Like just to go from one coach like that, Coach Saban, to another coach like that, and then at Ben at Bama, he know the process and know the standard and have the expectation. That's exactly what I needed, and that's what I'm saying. Like I just feel like God 
he knew exactly what I needed to achieve, you know, what I need to achieve. The clips that I've been playing is another indication of what the Texans did on yesterday was extremely rare. Because I know a lot of you guys are looking at the video and are enjoying the fact that we have clips to show of, of what C.J. Stroud and what Will Anderson Jr. had to say right after they got drafted. However, every single NFL team sets up their their Zoom calls with local media for one prospect. <laughs> but the fact that the Houston Texans ended with squeezing boys in back to back. <laughs> They had to like squeeze into this one box, and that is why uh, Will Anderson Jr. You can't really see his face; half his face is cut off because, like I mentioned, man, the room that every single NFL team has to so the prospect could talk to local media like us. It's only for one prospect, and if they do have two picks in in one round, it's like spread out, you know, number two and number twenty two, or whatever the case might be. No. These boys went two and three. <laughs> By the way, CJ Stroud could have been a uh, uh, he could have played man boy on Snowfall. You know, he's straight <laughs> from California. And uh, I when I when I when I when I got to Houston and they called me. So, but uh, no, so the Houston Texans, just jokingly speaking, but the Houston Texans still do have number 201-203-230-259. So they still have 10 picks left in this year's draft. The next time that they are projected to pick at 65 in the third round. Uh, by the way, I do believe that Houston would try to leverage some picks to move up to go oh. get a guy. And, and, I, and I absolutely think this is something that Nick Asirio spoke yeah. about. No, I was going to hear that. Yeah, what, 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 what was Nick Asirio's um, words on that? Towards the end of the press conference, Nick Casario said, you know, they was going to go back in the draft room and see what prospects were left available. And he even mentioned the idea of trying to move back into the second round because everyone know with pick 33 now going to Arizona, they didn't have any second round picks. But that is something that he alluded to on yesterday. Yeah. Um, and said that it would be a player driven type of decision. So hmm. I would imagine that. Remember a couple of years ago when they traded up for Nico Collins or uh, last year when they traded up for Christian Harris? Like they believe that that's the optionality and flexibility of going through the dreaded rebuilding stages. <laughs> you know, that's that's what it that's what it brings. It gives you the opportunity to have all of these bad picks and <laughs> well, good picks because of the bad seasons, and then move up and go get some guys you believe can affect your franchise. And with those picks that they currently have, I think that the Houston Texans should prioritize a wide receiver next. Oh, boy. Plain and simple. And so Zay Flowers is off the board. Mm. Jackson Smith and Jigma mm. is off the board. The Patriots let me down, but this is a locked on Texans. Uh, Quentin Johnston. Johnston is off the board, who was the second wide receiver taken. And I believe Jordan Addison is off the board as well. Yeah, he went, he went to Minnesota, I think. Was it Minnesota? It was Minnesota. So. Wow. Oh, boy. So <laughs> – uh, there's still some good wide receivers on the board. Still got Jaden Hyatt. Still got um, Cedric, um, not Cedric Benson, Cedric Tillman out of Tennessee. Still got Tank Dale, who believe who I, I believe will be available around the third round. Uh, still got mm -hmm. some options out there wide receiver, but throughout the entire 
you know, especially within the last two weeks, but throughout the entire offseason, I've been saying he needs to get a quarterback and address that wide receiver room. Throughout the last week and a half, I've been saying that I think that this team can compete with upgrades at the quarterback position and the wide receiver position. They still have talent left at the wide receiver, wide receiver position. Excuse me. They just got to go out there and get it. And I would love to see Houston maybe move up for a guy that they really believe in uh, in that second round. Oh, 100% agree with you, John. Outside of wide receiver, I think, of course, they got to address the center position. Uh, that offensive line, as we keep alluding to, is looking extremely good, especially due to the fact that you were able to um, keep Laramie Tunsil. And I'm pretty sure they're probably going to do the same for Titus Howard at some point, um, whether that be throughout this season or next offseason or whatever the case might be. But you have your tackles taken care of, your guards. We definitely expect improved play from both guards. However, the center is a little bit questionable. Um, So I'm expecting them to finish out day two of the draft to at least draft that, um, to at least address that on the offensive front. But I agree with you, man. The next important position they need to need to get is at wide receiver. Um, you know what? Maybe they with drafting CJ Stroud. Maybe they'll go out and get the uh, young man, the center. Forget his last name, Wiley. Oh, his Wiley, teammate. His teammate from Ohio yeah. State. Uh, pretty good center, man. Wasn't mm-hmm. graded as one of the top linemen coming now, so maybe available for Houston late. But uh, that could be a possibility at, at the center position. And I, and, I, and I like the Houston has, like they still got opportunities. They got, I what two seventh rounders. Three sixth rounders. You best believe it's going to be some athletes available that just needed an opportunity. And at certain positions, they should get that opportunity here in Houston because it's just not, hmm. it's not a, well, he is your definitive number one or your definitive number two. They got some guys here on the roster already that you can say, well, you know what? He may be a better prospect than you uh, coming in this year. So I wouldn't be surprised if Houston took one of those uh, sixth or seventh rounders to bring in another wide receiver that may slip or uh, they just really have kind of higher on their draft board than other, other teams. Thank you for checking out today's episode of the locked on Texan podcast. Shout out to our everydayers, the slayers (laughs) and forget all of the naysayers. (laughs) (laughs) I told (laughs) y'all, we told y'all here, man. And I'm I'm still sick, so by Monday, the next time y'all hear me, I should be feeling a whole lot better. But make sure you check us out on YouTube under the name Locked On Texans. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans, and give me a follow on Twitter as well, John underscore Hickman twelve. And as always, I'm your host Cody M Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter. At Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. I've been speaking it in existence all week. A lot of you guys still with me, and I want to close out this installment of Locked On Texas with one of my favorite songs by Whitney Houston and Mariah Carey. There can be miracles, miracles when you believe. Oh, when you believe. Oh, no. Hope is frail. It's hard to kill when you believe. Let's That's go. We don't know about the stage singing. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. Enjoy the weekend.